Welcome to episode 46 of the Omer Gaming Podcast. I am one of your hosts, Manny, and as always, I'm here with Steve, and I'm here with Matt, and I'm also here with the newest member of the team, Kate. How's everybody doing? It's good to see everybody. Good to see you. Uh, let's go down the line. One word. Steve, how are you doing? I'm doing well. <laughs> that was Three words. All right. <laughs> off to a good start. Matt, how are you doing? Exhausted. Good. Uh, well, not good, but thank you for answering in one word. Kate, how are you doing? Excellent. Well, folks, this is episode 46, and we got a whole bunch of exciting things to talk about, just like we always do. Today's topic of the podcast is superhero game ideas. So in light of Spider-Man recently coming out, we've been talking about some of the superhero games we would want to see made. So we're going to pitch some of our ideas. And we have a panel of investors standing right here in front of all of us, and best pitch wins a million dollars. But we're going to kick the show off with a little game of Pass the Sticks, where we go around the group and we talk about the games that we have been playing recently, because I feel like we've been playing some new games, and I'm excited to talk about them. But before we get to any of that, the house is fucking gross, so let's keep it. First up on housekeeping, please follow us on social media. We are at Ombra Gaming on Instagram and at Ombra underscore gaming on Twitter, where you can keep up with all of our latest tweets and pictures and, and all the good things we put out to social media. So check us out there. You can also find us at twitch.tv slash Ombra underscore gaming, where we stream almost every single day of the week. In fact, we have Matt O streaming right now as we're recording the podcast. What is he streaming? Soma. What is, he, what is Zumba? He's so- Zumbaing. Soma. He is He's drinking Zima. Himself, doing some Zumba practice on twitch so go ahead and check him out <laughs> at twitch.tv slash ombra underscore gaming he's actually trying our first ever asmr stream so go check it out it's a zumba ASMR without stream. me it is I'm the asmr queen here <laughs> <laughs> and if you like all of that you can check us out at our website ombragaming.com where you can keep up with all of our articles and reviews and everything else we have to share including every episode of this very podcast and if you love all of our content, I'll tell you what, you can help us grow and support us in a very real way over at patreon.com slash Ombra Gaming, where every single dollar will go right back into the show and make us as great of a podcast as we can possibly be. We have an amazing group of supporters that, you know, they, they support us month in and they do twice the work and support us every month out as well. So if you want to join that group, you can go ahead and do so at patreon.com slash Ombra Gaming. And of course, this episode, just like every episode, is brought to you by Nerdiest Brands. Nerdiest Brands is a fantastic website that features products from vendors and designers from all over the world, no matter the nerdy fandom. So go ahead and head over to Patreon. <laughs> no. <laughs> so check them out at nerdiestbrands.com. That's N-E-R-D-I-O-U-S, Brands. Yeah, just go over to Patreon, donate some money to us, and we'll buy you com. some Nerdiest Brands stuff. Honestly, they have... Some uh, pretty funny Instagram memes. They I do just say so myself. So you should also follow them on Instagram. It's true. They have some funny shit going on. So again, thank you to them for sponsoring the show. So with that, let's get it started. It's time for Pass the Sticks, where we go around the group and we talk about the games that we have been playing recently. Matt, you're up first. Cool. I've got. Hey, s- hey, my name is Matt. Uh, okay. So I've been playing still Assassin's Creed Origins lately. Me and my man Bayek running through the desert. Um, I've actually been having more fun with it than I think I had on my like first 
not play through it and play the whole thing, but my first go at the game. Um, and I've been pausing the game a lot and like looking up things on Wikipedia that I come across, like the Tomb of Sneferu. Lord. Ah, yes, the Tomb of Snuffleupagus. <laughs> yeah, so I'm excited about. It's just making me more excited about Odyssey, which is cool because I actually haven't been excited about an Assassin's Creed game in a long time. I wasn't even excited for Origins when it came out. I haven't been happy for a while. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. But it has made me excited for Odyssey, which uh, is cool. And then I, I played a little bit more of Overwatch. I think they changed the matchmaking a little bit because we've been doing very good as a six stack. Our little group we've been like owning. Have you played um, Busan? The, Busan? Have you yeah. played that yet? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, they're pretty good. Like I think they're better than the last group of maps that they released. I think uh, there's one where the point is like uh, the capture point is like in a hangar or something in a facility. Mm-hmm. Uh, that one's a little wonky. I'm not sure how good that one is, but I like the other two more. Nice. I was actually watching. I had Laura and Gabe over last night and Laura was like, what's up with this Overwatch? I hear so many things about it. And I was like, let's get you on the sticks. So I, she did the tutorial and uh, I watched her play her first match as Reaper. Oh, nice. And she died a lot, but she had a lot of fun. So I think she's yeah. going to pick it up for PC. Nice. And then she'll slowly learn to hate the game as she realizes that you can't play it alone or else you're <laughs> matched with horrible teams and you just get frustrated. That's really, to be honest, all I've been playing. Oh, and Gems of War. Oh, <laughs> god damn it yo we need a mobile gaming reporter i'm here to fill that gap i play more mobile games than you i guarantee it Ooh, i Boston. am a gems Shots of war fired. pro and that's the only mobile game you need to matt play. are okay. you like shaking the table yeah i got really excited you're also like hitting the mic so chill the fuck i'm out not gems the of war. right now but i was shaking oh, the table hey. so i would like to pass the metaphorical sticks I'm going to pass them to Steven. I've been playing a lot of games. Uh, so I played Destiny Forsaken. I got into that a little bit uh, right when it came out. I got to say, I'm happy with the, the way it's turned out so far. I'm not too far into the Forsaken story because naturally, two, three days after it came out, Spider-Man came out. But I like where it's going. They have like all new story, all new cutscenes. The bow is fucking awesome. When I was streaming it, I actually mentioned, I was like, I think it might be, it might be worth the 40 bucks just for the bow. So the bow is pretty sweet. It's much easier now to like rank up because, uh, what was I? I was like 345 power level and level 30, um, when the expansion came out and I'm already at like 375 and 34 and I only played like two hours of the Forsaken. So it, there's a lot more things to do. Like I like the new areas where there's new patrols, new um, adventures. So there's new ways to actually get good loot. Um, they changed the way that you can get powerful gear. So it's not like the old way where like do a bunch of crucible, do a bunch of clan XP, do a bunch of world missions. So they still have like the world flashpoint missions. Um, the clan XP is different now. Like I think you actually have to do shit with your clan to get XP for the legendary gear. They tiered the strikes, so you have, like, it's now, like, a 200 level, a 300 level, 400 level, 500 level type deal. They have new raids coming out. I still want to play the damn raids, so that's why I've been trying to convince people to get back into this game, because I I haven't played a raid. Mm. I want to play a raid. It looks like a lot of fun. Obviously, the shooting mechanics are still good, so it it's a fun game to kind of lose a couple hours to. Uh, I'm happy with how the DLC turned out, so good job on them. Glad I went back. 
played a little of the messenger. I think I got to the 16 bit part and right now I'm at uh, a boss fight. I just haven't picked it up because I like, I know I have to be on to like take this boss down. So I haven't been feeling like, boss going. Is it? I think it's the, the dragon, the serpent thing. Oh, yeah, oh, oh yeah. Thanos. Yeah, it's Thanos. <laughs> it is Thanos. Um, <laughs> I, I love that game. It's awesome. I just haven't had the time to play it. But from what I've played so far, it's awesome. The this, It's challenging, but it's not, like, to the point where you want to, like, smash your controller. Like, you, you can clearly see, like, what you're doing wrong when you're doing it wrong. It's not super unforgiving to the point, like, yeah, when you come back from the dead, you have to give, like, coins that you get to the little follower dude, and you don't start with full health, but usually you'll pick up health, like, right away. So it's not super unforgiving in that sense. The soundtrack is absolutely amazing, and I love the way you bounce up and down, like, when you go into water, or, like, you come out, and then in between, when it cuts between, like, 8 and 16-bit, and how it changes, that's really cool. So I've had fun with that, but I played so much goddamn Spider-Man. I played it all weekend. I platinumed it, 100%ed it. It was absolutely fantastic. Definitely going to work on putting together a spoiler cast for that, but that game was everything I wanted it to be. I said in my review, which you can read on ombergaming.com slash read, but I said that it kind of set the bar for how superhero games should be, and I definitely stand by that. I thought the open world was better than the Batman open worlds because they were much more lively interacting with people was so much cooler than I thought it would be and Batman obviously doesn't lend himself to that because he's fucking Batman and he's gloomy as fuck but Peter is charming and he's engaging and he's approachable and he's always making those awkward little tension breaking jokes so his personality fits so well to like actually going up to civilians walking on the street and it's so funny when they come up to you and like hey can we take a picture Spidey or they high five you and he gives them finger guns but flowing through New York City with the web was absolutely stunning. Like, they nailed the web-slinging mechanic. It's so smooth and seamless when you're going from, like, swinging, then you hit a wall, and he goes right into wall climbing. You could do so many different things in every single fight that you encountered. You could go stealth. You could use environmental objects. Like, I was throwing motorcycles at people. I was taking guns away from people and smashing them in the head with it. I was jumping in the air and ripping people up and slamming them to the ground. It was absolutely incredible. Like, anything you thought you could do with Spider-Man, you can do in this game. So, Insomniac nailed it. I'll talk way more about it on a spoiler cast. But if you haven't played Spider-Man, go fucking play Spider-Man. It was easily one of my favorite games I think I've ever played on PS4 and probably just in general. Like, it nailed the superhero genre. That is tight. I'm looking forward to playing it. I haven't picked it up yet, but I definitely plan to within the next week or so. So I've only heard good things. It's pretty fucking great. So I will pass the sticks on over to Kate. Oh, okay. (laughs) So I have been replaying uh, Deus Ex Mankind Divided. On PS4, which is the sequel to Deus Ex Human Revolution that I cannot believe you Metal Gear boys have never played. Um, too many games, man. Too many games. It's uh, You would both really like it. Too many pixels, if I'm being perfect. Yeah, you guys honest. would like it. Yeah, I, I was I agree. shocked you guys hadn't played it. Um, as I was crawling around in a vent with a tranquilizer gun, I was like, I can't believe Manny and Steve haven't played this game. Yeah, but is it made by Hideo Kojima? Yeah, been there, done that, you know. I've crawled <laughs> no. through many events. Oh my but it God. has like it has like conspiracy stuff and obviously the stealth gameplay and it has, you know, boss squad type of characters. It's like it's like a more sci-fi version of Metal Gear cuz he's like a cyborg, so he has 
knives embedded in his arms and stuff and you can upgrade all his cyborg stuff so it's got like the cyberpunk vibe it's it's pretty fun yeah i highly recommend if you like stealth games you don't have to play stealthy but you you probably should so in addition to that i've been playing monster prom which is really nice. fun. It's fun such a fun game yeah it's it's super cute you should have a monster monster prom party i want to do monster prom cosplay i think that would be you really should. fun but yeah, it's it's fun. I've been playing with friends, um, and we have yet to get Vera to go out with either of us. She's she's the hardest one. I don't remember which one she is. She is the one with like the snakes in her hair. Oh, is she the yeah. green one? Yes. I got her to say yes to me when what? we played at PAX. Yeah, she said yes to me. Me and she's Manny were like, the only two out of our crew that got dates to prom. She is it's no big really deal, difficult. You know? Okay, I'm well, like real high school where neither of us got dates. To <laughs> I thought she was so easy to predict. She just wanted to do all the crazy destructive things. Like, yeah, let's do that shit. Oh, you're thinking of Ghost. You're thinking of oh, Ghost. Oh, yeah, I'm thinking about Ghost. Yeah, I got this Ghost one was Girl. Like Medusa. Right. And she's like super into money and is like very judgmental about everything. She's, she's, it fits with her personality that she's hard to get, but yeah. So that's kind of what I've been playing. I bought Divinity Original Sin 2, but Amazon is being slow because of the hurricane, so. I haven't been able to fucking play that Amazon yet. so slow. I know. I mean, weather. weather like, God damn it. Get my game here. So, anyway, uh, I'll pass the sticks to Manny. I've been playing the Messenger and pretty much nothing else. I intentionally so I got back from PAX whenever I got two weeks ago or whatever, and I haven't turned. The only reason I've turned my PlayStation on is to listen to Spotify. But yeah, I finally beat it last night. I beat it at like two in the morning finally completed like all the side quests and got to the end of the story and it's fucking so good it's so good uh and like there's so many nods to the team that made it there's like little you know dialogue lines and the like shopkeeper tells you stories throughout the game and the final story is really a story about terry it's like a a story from his perspective of his like dream to make a game which i thought was really cool yeah the ending was rad it's just such a good experience and then just this morning, I started playing Doom because that game is fucking awesome. Yeah, I saw that on Discord. I was like, oh. Yeah, no reasons at all. It's just because it's a good game. Or just, I mean, it reminds me a lot of Wolfenstein. It's like Wolfenstein with less of an in-depth story um, and not as like narratively driven. But super fun. I've been playing it on my speakers, and it's like super loud and gory and like a lot of metal music and really hectic. It reminds me a ton of Wolfenstein in that sense. It's like chaotic, all like barely controllable uh action so that has been a lot of fun and then yeah i plan to get spider-man um i just I, I just wanted to finish the messenger because i knew if i got something else that's like as deep as spider-man i would put the messenger down and and you know it would be a while before i came back to it so i just wanted to kind of get that off my plate and like appreciate it fully and then move on to something else awesome um so yeah that's really all i've been playing i played a little overcooked too actually last night i played it with um, lauren gabe which is a lot of fun we are bad at it um <laughs> oh but yeah, fun game nonetheless. Gonna join up with me and Kate. We were fucking cooking up some dishes. Yeah, we're pretty good. So that was a nice short and sweet past the sticks. Let us know what games you have been playing. If you want to let us know what you've been getting into, feel free to reach out to us. Tweet at us. Call us. You can reach us at 347-509-5620. So with that, it's time to get to the topic of the pod, which as I stated earlier, is all about superheroes. So... Steve has been playing a lot of Spider-Man, and he's been saying some very good things about it. 
that sort of inspired a natural conversation in our uh, little team discord about what superhero games we would want to see made today. So we've all chosen a superhero and sort of come up with a short synopsis of what the game might be like. And we're going to talk about why we would want to see this game being made. So we're going to pitch our superhero game ideas to our panel of investors. So first up is going to be Steve. So my superhero game is all about the Punisher. I absolutely love the Punisher and we haven't had like a good Punisher game since what, like Sega Super Nintendo. It's been a long time since the Punisher has been portrayed. Was there a Punisher arcade game as well? Uh, I, or am I thinking of like, I might be thinking of X-Men, but I know there's definitely an X-Men arcade game. Yeah. But But I I mean, there's a, I could be wrong. I could be wrong. We'll find out who knows. Google. Google probably knows. So the style I'd like to make it in is kind of like an open world style taking after Mad Max. Not obviously like a wasteland setting, but the way they kind of set up their world with in terms of size. Um, And because I think in order to kind of travel around, the Punisher needs to have a car. And very similar to Mad Max, you can upgrade the car to either be faster and handle well or to be more of like a brute force tank to kind of take a bunch of punishment. So that way he kind of travels through the, uh, the streets of New York. And I feel like it's a believable way he'd get around. So you'll be able to upgrade uh, the car and you're going to be able to upgrade Frank Castle to help him get better with hand-to-hand combat, stealth tactics, and you can upgrade his weapons. And the reason why you can upgrade him, because you're probably saying, like, oh, he's Frank Castle. Like, he's got, an, he's got an arsenal. You know, he's got a bunch of armor. He's got a bunch of guns. Well, let me get you into the story here. So this is going to take place probably around 2010, I'd say. And so in this universe, the big enemy in The Punisher already, Jigsaw. Jigsaw is responsible for killing Frank's family in this universe. That's what I'm going with. So Frank had put Jigsaw in jail. Want to play a game. Locked him away for years. <laughs> and the only Different reason. Jigsaw, but I get it. It's a different Jigsaw. So the only reason that Frank didn't actually kill Jigsaw is because in this world, he teams up with Black Widow and she gets him to kind of pull back a little bit because him and Black Widow have a little bit of a history in comics. They actually battled and have a little bit of a love interest. So in this game, she kind of gets him to kind of calm down on just the mindless vengeance and just focus more on doing his part to take out people and turning them over to the authorities so that way they can kind of handle it just like every other superhero does. So he's now kind of changed his ways. He's living a life with Black Widow. They're both kind of fighting crime. Kingpin is very upset because the Punisher's been going around and ruining his drug and his weapons business by breaking up his deals closing down his warehouses, taking out his top guys. So Kingpin, without Punisher knowing, releases Jigsaw from prison. And then he pays off a cop because he knows that Frank Castle listens to the police scanner, pays off a cop to lure Frank into a trap where Jigsaw has captured Black Widow, has her tied up. Frank opens the door, thinks he's going to break up a drug deal, sees her tied up, She's trying to basically alert him, like, don't come near me. He starts going near her and then sees Jigsaw out in the corner of his eyes. He's leaving the building. Jigsaw is just like, nice to see you again, Frank. Shame it won't be for a while. And he runs away. Frank goes to go after him. But then he sees Black Widow again, goes towards her. He gets the tape off and she screams, bomb! Kicks him away as fast, as hard as she can. She's Black Widow. She can kick him away far. She blows up. Obviously, he gets super banged up. Microchip eventually goes to the scene, rescues him, brings him back to the hideout, brings him back to health, and that's where the game starts. Who's microchip? 
He's Frank's right hand man. He's the man in the chair. You always gotta have a man oh, in the okay. chair. I don't what know. About Wreck It Ralph. <laughs> <laughs> so, so microchip his man in the chair. He saves him, brings him back, and that's why you have to upgrade him, get him back to like who he was, and he starts from zero because obviously while this was happening, Jigsaw went and blew up his home too. So Frank has got nothing. And that's where it all begins. And you go through the city of New York and you're fighting crime <laughs> with your sense of smell. <laughs> <laughs> so you stop the drug deals and like all the different side missions. So that way you can get XP naturally. And eventually it works up to Jigsaw being the final boss. And little quick spoiler for God of War. So if you haven't played God of War, tune out for a second. It would be like God of War where you don't actually fight Kingpin, but you hear about him. And that sets up for the sequel, where eventually mm. Punisher takes on Kingpin. And I think that would be yeah, fucking yeah. awesome. Got to be rated M, though. Got to be rated what's your, M. Like, history, oh, yeah. What's your history with the Punisher? I mean, I used to read some of the comics when I was a kid. I watched the, the first movie in 2004. That wasn't that bad. I didn't watch the second one, though. I know the second one wasn't that good, yeah. but the series was fucking great on Netflix. See, I haven't gotten into the series. I was, I was really into the comics as a kid. But I didn't. I haven't watched the series. But I've also heard that the it's series really is so good. good, and that's what I forgot to mention. Got to have John Bernthal, yeah, be the voice actor for the Punisher. Mocap that guy up because he is the Punisher. Such a great portrayal of that character. Who's he punishing? Criminals. Wreck It Ralph. <laughs> Wreck It Ralph. <laughs> um, nice. That's a good pitch. The investors look happy. Steve, who do you want to pass it on to? That's a hard act to follow. I really want to hear uh what matt had i was very interest interested in what uh, he was pitching earlier so i want to hear what he's got okay so my character that i chose that i want to play a superhero style video game is loki and i'm talking about loki from the thor movies oh i thought you meant loki from uh the home alone series what <laughs> oh man there's someone named loki in home alone no no that's oh. the point because where okay. else would Loki be from? <laughs> um, and the video, so the game is titled Mischief. As you may or may not know, Loki's the god of mischief. So it starts out, it's going to be like a RPG slash fighting game slash stealth game. Um, but it's very story driven. So it starts out, you're a small boy, you're growing up. You don't know about your past when you were a kid. Uh, you're growing up with Thor and you have like, and you're playing as Loki while he's a kid. And you're doing, like, different training. Thor is just, like, he just has more brute strength than you. He's bigger than you. So, like, most of the things that Odin is making you do, you're, like, losing just because Thor is, like, stronger. But you start slowly figuring out that you are way better in terms of, like, stealth, in terms of deception. You're more, uh, you have more dexterity than Thor does. So you're trying to use those strengths, um, but still you ultimately are like continuing to not do as good as Thor in some of those things. Um, so there's lots of tension there. There's some key moments. The ultimate end game is that you're you're making decisions along the way that are going to alter the ending, sort of like in the Mass Effect games. So there's like a few more evil leaning endings. There's a few good endings. And then there's some like morally gray, ambiguous endings. Uh, and like every choice that you're making in conversations, things like that are all adding up to one of these endings. So like one of those first moments is when uh, Loki turns into a snake and Thor loves snakes as a kid and uh, Thor picks Loki up. And then you can decide whether or not 
you want to transform back into Loki and like stab Thor. And that's like the first, that's the first choice that you can make that sets you on a path for any of those endings. So yeah, throughout the game, altering the outcome, you're ending up with one of those endings. The main chunk of the story is going to be pre-Second War with Jotunheim. So before, I think that's the first... Pronounced Jotunheim? I think that's the first movie. All the Frost Giants are there. And it goes, yeah. So it's before the first movie. And you're you're adventuring around the Nine Realms, completing various tasks for Odin and Frigga. Is that the mom's name? And so as you're completing these tasks, you're like meeting people in all these different realms um, or like fighting off things in like, the more underworldy like realms um and so yeah maybe you even go to midgard and you do some stuff on earth but all those interactions we're going for like deeper interactions with characters stories that you play through and then you ultimately are changing you know if you're like being a dick to everyone then obviously you're going towards you know loki's darker side um, but you can also help people too and then there's also going to be some uh, other like side elements. So you can collect artifacts for Odin's treasure room. And those are going to be hidden in various of those regions. You've got to f- figure out some puzzles to get them done or like fight really strong uh, bosses, things like that. But you can find artifacts for his treasure room. You can uh, unlock allies or you can create enemies. I was sort of thinking of a system from like uh, Shadow of War. Uh, those games yeah i was figuring like if you're if you're turning them into allies maybe they're coming to asgard and like setting up a shop where you can unlock customizable things for maybe your appearance or stuff like that or they unlock another section of the story but same thing for creating enemies then maybe you can like go to war with this section of the map and like raid a treasure room or defeat a new boss that you wouldn't otherwise like maybe you would be allied with that person instead a lot of the times games don't have good rewards for choosing the bad path so this game would have good good rewards for choosing the bad path like you'd get to combat those people and then loot their treasury whereas if you're good you just like derp around and and you don't get any of that and then um yeah so that'll lead you along and then you get to the very end um and you'd see what happens depending on those endings i'm not really i haven't really developed the endings or what the overarching story is but uh, some of the writers can do that. <laughs> some of our writing staff can take care of, <laughs> take care of that nerd <laughs> shit. I'm here to make that cash. I was just thinking about the overall structure, which I think I laid it out pretty well. Uh, I was just going to say, I really like the, your you know, choices have consequences. That's something I always like in any story, whether it's a video game or a book or whatever. So I, I like that uh, you picked, you went with like the multiple ending thing and also rewarding you no matter what path you choose because you're absolutely right a lot of games clearly want you to play a certain way and then they just kind of throw the opposite way in for like well you know if you want to murder everyone you can i think it'd be really cool to see like the interactions with thor obviously because like we have traditionally seen everything from thor's point of view and like have been really stoked on him in terms of a storyline and so to see it as like the perhaps like neglected younger brother who's like maybe more rebellious i think that'd be awesome And lastly, so abilities, he's a master of sorcery. Frigga has trained Loki in sorcery. So you're going to have some magic. You're going to have illusion, stealth. You could have some abilities maybe from your frost giant ancestry. 
Uh, and then, of course, you can transform into different things. You definitely have your two daggers. You have your scepter. You have your spear, um, all of which like you could focus on and maybe upgrade to unlock different uh, abilities for each. The two daggers would obviously be the best. Um, who would you like to go next? Uh, you're going to go next. Man. I'm going to go next. The superhero that I've chosen is Spawn. So they did have a Spawn game. I think it came out in 2002 or something. Um, I think it was a PS2 game. So for those of you who are unfamiliar, Spawn is a character that was created by Todd McFarlane. Fun fact about about Todd McFarlane, he was the first artist to ever have um, to ever draw a full depiction of Venom. Fun fact there. Anyway, so Spawn is a character from the early 90s. His story is basically is basically he was a, a super highly trained marine and he was like most sort of praised he saved the president there was like a mission that he saved the president and he was like the best guy um and he eventually made it onto this like secret you know highly operative unit whatever um and then he dies in a fire uh, and then he, his soul goes to hell because he knowingly killed innocent people um is like how it's sort of like phrased or, or viewed and he makes a deal with um not really the devil but like evil and uh in order to see his wife again um, when he comes back to the world of the living, he is a, he is a hell spawn. Um, so like he has to essentially sign up to be like a servant of evil. Uh, and then it also turns out that it's like five years in the future, and his wife has moved on and actually married his best friend, and they have another kid. Um, so he's all sorts of pissed when he comes back, and he's kind of the antihero. He never really like went out of his way to like stop crime or do good. He, it was essentially a story of revenge. And then he meets uh, a character called the Violator, <laughs> played by John Leguizamo in the I think 1995 movie, which Who's everyone the, should. Isn't fucking... there a clown in that? Yeah, so John the the clown is the human form of the Violator. Yeah, I didn't like that. that was it awesome. was scary. It's very scary. Um. So yeah, basically the story, my, my the image, the story that I have in my head is that exact story because it's one that hasn't been resurrected in so long, um, and so I feel like his. I feel like now a story of revenge is is powerful because I think it can le- it can lend itself to like him recognizing that he has powers and that he can use them for good. Um, so his powers are like uh, he has immortality to like a certain point because he has powers and if he wastes if he like expenses all of his powers then he's extremely vulnerable and he's like super strong and fast and he can like shape shift in some of the comics but in others he can't. And so I think the game would be it would start with him coming back to the world of the living and like using his powers for the first time and recognizing his abilities. And then throughout the game, you get the backstory. You get like how he died and how he how he made the deal with evil in order to come back and see his family again. And so part of the thing is when he does come back and this is like canon when when he comes back, he loses a lot of his memories. So like a lot of his new sort of waking life is him trying to figure out what happened and like why he's deformed why he has all these powers like he can like shoot chains out of him like fucking... yeah i remember I, rem- I saw that movie i remember it's a that great it's a great stuff. movie so the guy who played spawn is um i can't remember his name but in the dark night when they have like the meeting that that the joker first shows up to to pitch killing batman he's the guy that's like five hundred dollars on this clown's head he's like the big oh really gamble that's- yeah, he is. He plays Spawn in the initial movie. There's actually a new Spawn coming out. Uh, Jamie Foxx is playing Spawn. So, Manny, what would the gameplay be like in your game? I'm just getting back on topic. 
I, I, yeah, I think the combat will be similar to God of War in the sense that like it's it can lend itself to a lot of fluidity. Um, I think like there's all these different combos you can do, and all, I mean like I hate to be cliche. I feel like it's like when like startups first started taking off and they'd be like what's your startup and be like it's the netflix for facebook but like it's this <laughs> it's the combination of like god of war mechanics the with the fluidity of a game like spider-man yeah see i don't think that's a problem because like i, I mean like we're not gonna redefine the superhero genre like, no i i know it's not a problem it's just it's just a cliche using the two best games of the year <laughs> oh much. yeah um it's gonna be like two of the best titles ever well Aim um, high, you know. Right. right. Who would you have yeah. develop? I still need to figure out who I would I, – because I honestly have no idea yeah. who I'd want to develop mine. Like, I was thinking Rocksteady, but then I feel like, no, it'd just be like another Batman, so I want someone to have, like, a fresher take on it. I mean, I think – I don't know. It's tough because, like, the setting, like, it takes place in cities. It doesn't take place in, like, a wooded, magical Norse setting, you know? So, like, I, I mean, I know, obviously, Sony Santa Monica can do whatever the fuck they want. I don't know. I would maybe let's see what like Gorilla might have to bring to the table. I think they have a lot of um, like environmental storytelling uh, talent, which I think would be really important for a game like this. And so, yeah, for shits and giggles, I'll I'll give it to Gorilla. If you're listening, have your people call me. <laughs> I have no people. I think I'd want Sucker Punch to try mine, just because oh. they usually do like because like Infamous could be kind of dark, but most of the time it was like yeah, I'd be happy with it. But they got really good with Infamous Second Son and um, what was it? Ghost of Tsushima looks amazing. So mm. I feel like they could have a lot of fun with like an established superhero. I mean, it's tough because like you, if you think about like the studios that have developed superhero games, like our minds automatically go to like the Spider Mans, the Arkham's. So it's hard to be like, who would you like? I feel like any of any of these like AAA studios could crush it. I would pick CD Projekt Red. Oh yeah, that'd be fun. Because yeah, you're doing RPG. I think because. An RPG, and also I think it'd be fun for them to try a superhero game where, like, the sky's sort of the limit, uh, and you're not, like, you know, The Witcher has powers, but he's not, like, over the top, you know? Uh, yeah, so I'd choose CD Projekt Red, because I think uh, the sky's sort of the limit in a superhero game, and it would be, like, a really creative outlet for them. Loki would probably be similar to playing Siri, which you do a few times in The Witcher 3 because of the powers and things like that but having him as a main character would be really cool i also feel like the sky's the limit should be the tagline to mischief yeah because yeah the sky's the limit so uh yeah that would be my game i think spawn is fucking cool he's badass what's the title spawn the sky's the limit uh <laughs> kate what would you choose uh who do what superhero do who, you want to where, see in a video wh- game? where's the bus so Continuing with the anti-hero theme that we all seem to love here. We're um, such edgelords. I know. I know. We're we're rebels. Um, I am going with Suicide Squad because the film was not good, and I would like to see a good property with them in it. The, the style of gameplay I'm going with is definitely like party-based RPG, so there isn't really a main character because I don't feel like there is a main character in Suicide Squad. So you kind of got all of the different members that you can switch in and out of your party whenever you want to. So you've probably got like four people that are active and you can like kind of like in Dragon Age, you can just kind of switch between them as you're playing and control whoever you want. And they all have like their different skill trees. So like Deadshot has like a sniper tree and 
Harley Quinn has a, I don't know, hammer tree or something like that you can. Yeah, she's got a hammer tree. <laughs> That's yeah. what she's got. <laughs> so I definitely thought that this game would probably be made by like the people that made Borderlands because that art style Ooh, be dope. fits be really cool. Suicide Squad perfectly. And also they're very good at writing like humor and that sort of thing that, again, you know. That's so perfect. Yeah, Suicide Squad's a little tongue-in-cheek. Um, we're going to have a lot less stupid pop songs, like, every 30 seconds, like they did in the movie, which was really okay, obnoxious. But... Shit. <laughs> yeah, they made a hell of a trailer, though. The trailer was so good. It was a good trailer. Yes, but... Top five trailer, but, like, the movie was a letdown. <gasps> yeah. Maybe Will Smith could make the theme song for the game. So that's kind of like the gameplay setup, and the story would definitely be like, it starts out with sort of the like general, okay, we need a Suicide Squad because, to quote the Punisher, Batman and company are a half measure. They're just sort of like imprisoning people, and they're coming back out, and you know, it's not, no permanent solution. So you guys don't have qualms about killing people. Go kill, I don't know, Darkseid, some some big villain. And you go, and you kind of like, do that and you're like oh it's only like eight hours into the game this is a really short game i'm fighting dark side so then you fight him and you defeat him suddenly the justice league shows up and they take credit for everything that you (gasps) did bunch of bastards they say that you know suicide squad are the ones that let dark side out because like we all know that they're evil anyway like you know harley quinn and deadshot are all bad people so you end up kind of getting betrayed and smeared and thrown back into what's it called bellevue or whatever the prison is yeah, so bellevue. what a twist that's the twist i'm so, hooked so yeah, then then you... superman was that narc that little narc bitch oh i fucking hate superman so then you have to kind of start over and and bust out of jail and recollect all your gear and all that jazz and then the squad is back together not through anyone else's intervention. It's like, hey, we all want revenge and we're really mad. So then you go through and you fight the Justice League one by one because I really thought it would be cool if Batman was the villain of the Suicide Squad movie, which didn't turn out to be true. But I think it would be cool to um, see those characters as an antagonist role because, you know, they're always the heroes in all the video games and movies and stuff. So... Yeah, you got to fight them one by one, and then at the end, you confront Amanda Waller, and, you know, you can kill her or whatever. And so then it's like, well, good for you. You you killed all the good guys, but, like, without the good guys, like, do you guys really have a... Like, you guys are just kind of two-bit thugs without the good guys. So that's kind of the ending where it's like, oh, yeah, well, I guess we can run crime unopposed now, but is it really... I feel like the Joker only kind of exists because Batman is his nemesis, so... That's my right. game. I'm into it. Yo, guys, those were good games. Those were all really good games. Yeah. The investors are in. They're they're nodding. One of them is doing the money sign with his hands. Well, folks, if there are any superhero games that you want to see be made, or if you have any thoughts about any of the ones that we've come up with, let us know. You can give us a call at 347-509-5620, or you can like tweet at us, or you can send us a picture I'd on Instagram. I'd love to hear people's ideas. Yes, yeah, me too. Yeah, for sure. We would definitely like to hear that. So let us know what you think. So let's keep the show going. It's time for the part of the show where we update you on the gaming news that broke since last we spoke. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Patch Notes. So for Patch Notes, what month is it? It's September. 
For patch notes, 09.13.18, let's get the news going. Kate, you're up first. What is your news? Sure. Uh, this is from IGN by Jesse Wade. Uh, Jesse! Jesse. Uh, EA. <laughs> Jesse. Jesse. EA is reportedly under criminal investigation in Belgium for refusal to modify FIFA loot boxes. Uh, Electronic Arts has refused to comply with the Belgian government's gambling laws that were put in place earlier this year, which declared loot boxes in certain video games illegal. Due to this, the Belgian government has reportedly launched a criminal investigation into EA. The game EA was told needed to be modified to reach the new standards of law is FIFA 18, as it is not transparent what items players will receive in the ultimate team packs or loot boxes. So EA responded with, we don't believe that FIFA ultimate team or loot boxes are gambling. Firstly, players always receive a specified number of items in each FUT pack, FUT pack. (laughs) Kind of a FIFA ultimate team. Bad uh, acronym, but okay. And secondly, we don't provide or authorize any way to cash out or sell items in virtual currency. The Belgian Gaming Commission suggested that loot boxes be modified with clear labels of it being a form of gambling along with odds of winning. They said that developers who do not comply will face criminal charges. So obviously the loot box controversy is not news, but it is interesting that certain countries, certain governments are actually really moving forward with legal ramifications for it. Yeah, that is interesting. I think like the ongoing conversation about loot boxes is an interesting one. I was listening to kind of funny today, but I was listening to yesterday's episode where they had um, they had Gary Witta on, and he's from the UK, and so he's like a big soccer fan, uh, and he was like FIFA, the organization, like not the game. He's like they're a corrupt organization, and that's like very widely documented, and so it's just like funny that it's like bleeding over into some shady, shitty practices, and then I forget who made the point, but they were like, look, like one could argue you're still getting something you know the difference if you look at like slots right at right right you you're putting your money in and most of the time you're not getting anything at all with loot boxes you're getting something just like when you buy a pokemon card pack or just when you buy baseball card packs you just don't know what you're getting you know so like that is an interesting argument it's an interesting concept but at the same time like they know what they're doing you know what i mean like the drop rates for the cards they want are super low and they're getting money from kids well and it yeah it preys on the same like whatever it is that causes people to gamble at vegas or wherever else it it preys on that same sort of i don't know if you want to call it an instinct that same sort of need and that high that people get from right so yeah it's a it's a tricky issue i mean if people are gonna buy it it's never gonna stop happening like they're gonna keep doing this so like at this point I don't know. That, I, that's just that's just business. Like Fortnite is a billion dollar game for the only reason of people buying fake things to wear in a video game. Like that's yep. it. Yep. So this is a funny story. Our good friend of the show, Bent, his eight year old nephew, <laughs> racked up a two thousand dollar credit card charge on Fortnite. Yeah. And guess what? Parents didn't get refunded. So there you go. That's how they became a billion-dollar industry. Thanks for doing your part, Ben's nephew. We appreciate it. Now, next time, head over to patreon.com slash overgaming. <laughs> and just run up that credit card. Buddy. And I'll Put tell you what, we would card. appreciate it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, nice. Yeah, it's an interesting conversation, and, and uh, we'll see how things shake out. 
Um, Steve, why don't you go next? What do you have for news? So what I'm going to do is just uh, <clears throat> just briefly recap three articles, which are so what I'm going to do. I'm going to say thing. the news in rap form. <laughs> what up, y'all? <laughs> so I'll give you the titles of the three articles and the authors of them, and just a brief overview of basically what they all said because they all pretty much said the same thing. If y'all want to read them, I do recommend going to read each of them to form your own opinion on it. So the first one from Kotaku by Heather Alexandra, Spider-Man's take on police feels out of touch. The next one from Deadspin by Tom Lee, they turn Spider-Man into a damn cop and it sucks. And lastly, on The Ringer, the Spider-Cop problem. What Mm. they kind of all talk about is they're not happy with the way police were depicted in the Spider-Man game, especially just because it takes place in New York. And mostly what it centers around is they're not happy with how Rikers was depicted because Rikers is, I mean, it's going to be shut down in a few months because it's not a well-run organization. And most of the people who are kind of locked away there shouldn't be locked away there. Most of them are like teens or people who just couldn't afford bail on very small, like misdemeanor crimes. So like people that are stuck there aren't these like hardened criminals that the game portrays them to be. And then I like one of the things I can see is like, because the game looks exactly like new york city i can understand people being like all right well how come these people don't act like they act on like new york city i think my biggest problem with it is that i i don't want like everybody to just want these games to take some stance like i like i don't think games need to say these things to be successful or to have an impact in the industry just because it comes out during this time period where things are you know they're they're tough they're testy so I can understand people wanting, I guess, that experience in a video game. But at the same time, from what in Spider-Man's history would make you think he wouldn't be friendly with cops? Like, every iteration of Spider-Man, he wraps up the villains in webs and he turns them over to the police. Even Batman, who's pretty much the vigilante who lives above the law, even he, his closest ally, is the commissioner of the police who has a floodlight that he uses to summon the vigilante to do his dirty work. So, I mean, like, my, I don't know, I guess my biggest problem with it is, like, that's how Spider-Man always has been. Like, he's always been somebody who looks up to the authorities and actually tries to do what he's doing to make their jobs easier. He's the friendly neighborhood Spider-Man. Yeah. I think there's there's a difference between engaging in a political conversation and promoting a political agenda. And, like, in in canon, and, and you're right, Steve, in canon, all the time throughout every version of Spider-Man, He's never had beef with the police. So to suddenly infuse that into a canon game, I don't know. It seems a little bit ingenuine. I understand the frustration, and I I get it. Like, I understand it. But at the same time, it's like a Spider-Man game isn't a place to make that kind of statement. It seems to me that most people would or should know that in real life, people are in lockup for a variety of reasons, and not all of them are the Unabomber. Like... You know, it's there's just a spectrum of people that are have broken the law for whatever reason. Um, they're not always violent, et cetera, et cetera. So, you know, it, in any sort of superhero type of thing, everything is a little bit larger than life, whether that's the heroes or the villains or the criminals, whatever. So to me, it just follows that, like, okay, yeah, all the people in prison are bad, violent people in... Because, like, that's just... Everything is a little bit of hyperbole in a superhero world. So, I I get both sides. I guess those articles are all making 
valuable points that if potentially you are someone that lives in New York City right now and are a person of color and you see the way the cops are depicted as like a super positive thing, uh, maybe when they're like instead in your neighborhood doing things that aren't great. I can see how that could be upsetting to someone playing the game when they live in New York City and the game takes place in New York City. Uh, I can see that being upsetting. I can also see like the argument Steve's making as being like super valid. Like it's a video game. Spider-Man's history is long. He's not like an unknown superhero. It's like, yeah, he's always really friendly with cops and like he has a buddy relationship with the authority figures in the city. Like that's, that's his, that's part of his character. So that's obviously how he's going to be depicted in the game. And like, like you said, he doesn't need to be, there doesn't need to be a, a political stance taken because that's who the character has been and who's the character's always been. And then, uh, yeah, I, I think maybe the most valid point is like the whole Rikers thing. Like Rikers is notoriously just a bad institution. People are there for like years waiting for a trial. Like they haven't even gotten a trial. Like that's why it's being closed. And it's always depicted as like only evil, bad people who have shot someone go to Rikers. And like, that's just so far from the truth. And we now know that's so far from the truth. Like, I get that one, I think, the most. That, like, Rikers is just completely so bad. Yeah, and we talked about that, too, off screen. That, like, we really understood that one. And and so it would be nice if maybe that was different in the game. But, uh, yeah, those are my thoughts. Cool, yeah, it's an interesting discussion. I think it, that, that discussion is going to happen for a lot of games moving forward. Uh, we're going to keep the train moving for my news piece just hours ago, not even hours ago, but it was like an hour ago, the Nintendo Direct happened. Um, this was the one that was delayed. Um, it was supposed to happen last week, but of course was pushed back because of the earthquake that happened in Japan. Um, so yeah, I'm just going to run through a couple of the highlights, some of the bigger things that came out. Um, handful of games that are coming out. Luigi's Mansion is coming out. Kirby's Extra, Extra Epic Yarn is coming to 3DS. A handful of things coming to 3DS, so hooray for those people. Um, me, me, I'm a yeah. those people. New Super Mario Bros. Um, U Deluxe is coming to Switch. Um, Katamari is also coming to Switch as a remaster, which people so are pretty excited. stoked on. Probably the biggest in the way of new games that are coming out is Animal Crossing. Everybody is shitting themselves about that. As one who never played Animal Crossing, like I, I can't relate, but I'm happy people are happy. That's cool. And then uh, Isabel from Animals, Cro- Animals Crossing. <laughs> Look at all those animals. Oh, Isabel from Animals Animal Crossing. Crossing is a character in Smash. So that's pretty cool. Uh, let's see what else. The, the Switch is also getting an NES-style controller. It is wireless. Um, it's $60 for two, and you can charge them. They have those little slots that you can charge on the side of your Switch, which is cool. I, I mean, like, it's nostalgia grab. Um, I feel like I'm already losing track of the peripherals that I have for the Switch, especially after I get the Pokeball Plus. The biggest thing, at least for me, was the information about the online service. Um, So the online service is going to kick off next week. Um, It'll actually, when this episode comes out, it will have kicked off yesterday. And um, so basically, it will support online play. Um, You can play some classic NES games, which is, I guess, like the hook for those controllers. Cloud saves is a thing, which I think is, is really good news for a lot of people in the event that you break your switch or you drop it, or if you have kids or whatever, um, your saves will automatically save to the, to the cloud. Um, so you can get a new switch and access them sort of wherever, which is tight. Um, 
for the online service, it'll cost three ninety nine for one month, seven ninety nine for three months, or nineteen ninety nine for the whole year, which like is really nice in terms of its comparison to other online services. But obviously, like apples to oranges, Nintendo will always sort of be in its own league. So yeah, interesting stuff coming out of the direct. Very exciting. I love Nintendo, and I love the Switch, and that's all there is to it. So that was Patch Notes 09.13.18, where we update you on the gaming news that broke since the last time we spoke about it. So before we close the show out, we do have a voicemail. So let's go ahead and see what our friend Bear has to say. I think he wants to talk about competitive shooters. Now let's talk about competitive shooters. Can we talk about shooters, please, Ombra? I've been dying to talk about shooters with you all day, okay? Battle Royale. This name keeps coming up over and over again. Every day, Battle Royales are being talked about on Twitter. Battle Royales. Battle Royales. I look on Twitch, and the whole site is Battle Royales. So I say to myself, i got to find a good one. i got to go on Steam, on PSN, and get a good, realistic Battle Royale in my goddamn hands. Otherwise, I'm going to keep playing Siege with two viewers. I'm never going to make affiliate. So what do I do? I go to look for a non-gimmicky Battle Royale. And what do I find out, Ombra? What do I find out? There is no good Battle Royale. Good Battle Royales do not exist, okay? So I decide, oh, shit, buddy. I got to dig a little deeper. If there's no Battle Royale, there's no good Battle Royale, you got to be kidding me. I got boxes full of Royales, all right? So I start marching my way down to Treyarch, and I knock on their door, and I say, Treyarch, Treyarch, I got to talk to you about Battle Royales. When I download the Black Ops 4 beta, what do I find? There's not a single goddamn realistic, simplistic Battle Royale available. There is no Tarkov or Insurgency in the BR genre. Umbra, half the battle royales in the goddamn market rely on just building, or using a fucking grappling hook, or stuffing a magical morphine needle up my ass while running full speed. This genre is a goddamn ghost town. But seriously, though, Black Ops is pretty decent. Probably gonna buy it for the blackout mode. Sub to bear. Sub to bear. That was fucking amazing. So that that was an always sunny reference for those who didn't pick up on that. That was the Carol monologue. Fuck, that was great. That was uh, yeah, I agree. There's no good battle royales, with the exception of H1Z1. It's not bad. He's been playing some Blackout, some some Call of Duty Blackout, and he, he's been saying some decent things about it. As have a handful of people. There are some good good things coming out of there, so I'm excited to learn more about it. Well, folks, that was episode 46 of the Omer Gaming Podcast. We hope you enjoyed it as much as we enjoyed making it for you. If you did enjoy it, I'll tell you what you should do. You should go to patreon.com slash... Armor Gaming, and you should support us because every dollar goes right back into the show and makes us the best podcast we can possibly be. We would love your support, and it would mean the whole wide world to us. And again, if you have any thoughts, you too can call in and be on this very podcast. Call us at 347-509-5620. We would love to hear from you. And before we end here, we do like to give a shout-out to a member of the community who's been doing some rad shit. This week's community shout-out goes to Alex... Alex has an awesome podcast called The Superb Owl, which I would recommend you check out. He's a genuine guy working on some genuine content, and he actually just joined our Discord. So welcome to the crew. So with that, folks, wherever you are, wherever you're listening from, we appreciate you, and we will talk to you very soon. The Witcher has powers, but he's not, like, over the top, you know? Siri has powers. I guess Loki would be a little bit uh, similar to playing Siri. What are you Siri. doing? You're talking and shaking your mic. Choose one of those things I think, to do. I think Loki would be... <laughs> Jesus. I think... It, yeah, whatever. Well, it's, 
What do you? I think Loki would. I think. I was because the cord (laughs) fell. The cord fell. Well, you can't if you talk while you're shaking it. You're gonna have shaky sounds. (laughs) That's just science. (laughs) 